Hey friends, welcome back to the Enduring Churches podcast. This is Trent. I'm here with Alan and um, we do this podcast, of course, you probably know to help you endure and help your church endure. And this month of November, we've been (laughs) kind of like the Build-A-Bear warehouse kind of thing that we're building ministers. And we've talked about, you know, if you were looking for these people, what would be your must-haves? in all of these and we've talked about if we could build a the perfect pastor if we could build the perfect worship pastor if we could build the perfect youth pastor um you know all those things and today we want to talk about somebody that unfortunately is is kind of derided we we talk badly about these gentlemen unfortunately more than we should uh but if you could build that perfect deacon alan what would you do? Well, you know, I'm fortunate because I think I got to, to to know the perfect deacon growing up. I got to watch my grandpa be a deacon, and mm. he was a wonderful deacon. And I have had some great deacons, and I've I've just been blessed. I can think, I can I can name two dozen amazing deacons off the top of my head. Um, but I but I also knew some of the deacons that were that group that that created the uh, smoke machine on the front porch. Uh, of the church <laughs> growing up so you know and and i've i've had bad experiences with deacons i remember a deacon coming to me and telling me that his sole responsibility was to protect the church from the pastor oh man and uh, <laughs> uh conversation that i wanted to have uh, with a deacon so you know it it runs it runs a gamut we certainly know that this is an important role you know, I don't know that the Bible says explicitly that your church has to have deacons, but I think most of us feel that our churches do best when we have an active servant ministry in our, in our church and that we uh, have the role of deacons um, in there. So the Bible talks about deacon ministry and it tells us, gives us kind of its own list, um, you know, and Trent, we should probably talk a little bit about that list. Right. Well, and we just as we do this podcast we're assuming that you're i guess familiar with what the scripture says about um, pastors and and ministers and then also what it says about a deacon and so if you're not um first timothy chapter three there's a whole lot about both of those in there and and gives you some specifics that paul shares with Timothy, you know, what, what kinds of guys do you need helping you in this ministry? And so we don't want to ignore those, do we, Alan? No, no. You know, and the idea that a deacon is self-controlled in speech and in their appetites and in their actions, you know, that's kind of the sermon breakdown <laughs> of what they're talking about there, but that they're, they're sound doctrinally, that they've been tested, that their, their marriage is representative of Christ and that they, they're, the one that I think is is often hard and people don't know often know what to do with is that a deacon manages his children and household well, um, but I think it's the idea that that there is a sense that they that they are what they say they are. Mm-hmm. They're not a double life, you know. We we can't control someday how our kids feel about us, you know. You can raise your kids perfectly and they can rebel against that. And I don't think it's talking about not ever having any kids that rebel, but were you, was your faith legitimate? Was it sincere at home as well as at church? 
Yeah, so Paul gives these, you know, some very good um, foundational steps or things that we should look for in a deacon. Uh, but today we kind of want to add some other things um, to that list. I don't know, we don't ever add to scripture, of course, but um, there are some things that if, if Alan and I were we're looking for people to serve as a deacon. These might be things that we would be looking for, characteristics that we would be looking for in those. And the first one, Alan, we have is that they should be a student of God's word. So what do you think about that? Well, I think that kind of almost, it's one of those ones that, well, that goes without saying, right? right. But you got to say it because it's not always true. I think sometimes we traditionally have looked at people of influence and we don't really weigh how spiritual they are and what their faith development looks like. But do they know God's word? Do they have a love and a passion for God's word? That's really where things begin um, in their lives. I want my deacons to know God's word. And I want their first thought when we hit a crisis to be God's word. And I want their first thought when we're discipling someone to be God's word. I think that this one affects every other area that we're going to talk about today. Uh, if you're not a student of God's word, you're not going to be any of the other ones. So, yeah, I agree. It's you've got to say this. It's foundational to the rest of the list. And and even the what we we're sharing about first Timothy three uh, heavens, if if your deacon doesn't know anything about scripture, they're not going to know these things, how a deacon should act according to Paul. And so, yeah, it's a it's a basic foundational statement that we need to say out front to show you and tell you that we value God's word and we believe that God's word should be central to a deacon ministry as well. But that leads us to another one, which is integrity. And wow, Alan, um, we've seen the whole gamut of, of this issue in deacon life in ministry life and those serving in ministry it, it's it can affect the church a whole lot of ways yeah you know my we had a family friend who was a faithful deacon um we would call him a soul winner back in that day he shared his faith with everybody and when he got involved with another woman and had an affair it was hugely important hugely impactful in my life and my parents and grandparents life, but also in the life of our church, um, that he started kind of living a double life and it just, you watch so much unravel and so much heartache caused, um, when there wasn't genuine integrity there. But then I look at some others who have maintained that integrity. You know, Job was questioned by his wife why do you maintain your integrity curse god and die. <laughs> um and i think for all of us there's a challenge you know to maintain our integrity and i think that's one of the reasons you just don't take some 16 or 17 year old kid and make them a deacon you know have you experienced some of life's turmoils and maintained your integrity Right. And this goes along with what uh, Paul talks about. A deacon has to be tested. Um, and, you know, you see that you see people's character, their integrity over a period of time. It's not a, well, I just came, got to know this person and they say that they're a person of integrity. Well, that doesn't mean diddly, you know, until you see them over at least four seasons, 
you don't know this. And I would say multiple years, you need to be able to see this person live out their faith. Do their words match up with their actions? Do they also match up with their attitudes? And so integrity is huge to this. But then um, we've also seen, Alan, we've seen this move into the next one. Is a deacon a unifier or are they a divider? Yeah, you know, Trent, we're looking at at our notes as we're talking here and I'm sitting back and, you know, I'm getting old and my eyes aren't what they used to be. And it almost looks like the word unifier almost w- looks like the word Lucifer from, from where I sat. Are you <laughs> yeah. a unifier or are you a Lucifer? I mean, that's really kind of the question here. That's what that's what happens. Why, why do deacons sometimes get a bad rap? Because sometimes deacons are the divisive spirit. And they should not be that deacons become hungry for power and control and authority and can do anything they can to create barriers between the pastoral ministry and in the life of the church. Or are they that person that helps bring things together and put, put puts people together and builds a cohesion in the church? That's the role of, of that servant minded deacon in there is to unify. And along with that, you know, I think we need to say a deacon should be a servant. The scriptural model of a deacon is a servant, not the guy who's holding uh, the purse strings or or keeping control of the church. Unfortunately, though, because pastors come and go, the deacons are forced to make those decisions and become those leaders that uh, may not be scriptural. But they're forced to do that for a church because the pastor's left and everybody's looking to them to take the lead. So um, it is they need to be a unifier, drawing things together um, and with a servant heart and a servant attitude uh, about them. Yeah, I, I love those deacons that just come. What can I do for you, pastor? How can I, mm. how can I support our church? And I've been asked that question before, and it's just something beautiful about it. It, there, there's not a time you feel better as a pastor that, than when a deacon comes to you just with, with a burden for the church and a burden to see their peop, the people in the church grow. And, you know, churches structure their deacons in different ways. Um, but if you want to have, have a healthy deacon body, create those opportunities of service for your deacons and don't waste that skill set. Let them serve. Um, deacons need to deke. <laughs> they yeah, they yeah. need a service opportunity. So if you want to build unity in your church, let your deacons serve. Yeah, which is our next point, right? Uh, they have to be servant-hearted. Um, and and <laughs> we were talking before we started recording this um, that, uh, unfortunately, I've had some deacons over the years that were like playing golf with a dead guy. Um, you know, hit the ball, drag John, hit the ball, drag John, you know, that you always had to force them to serve. Um, but there are some amazing guys that I've also known over the years that were so servant hearted. And that's the kind of person you want to have as part of your deacon body that just wants to be a helper and and will do whatever is needed. It doesn't matter if it's cleaning toilets fix a, you know, plug toilets or, or, or serve in communion or whatever, hopefully not at the same time. Uh, but, you know, somebody who's willing to do whatever is needed in the church body. Yeah. I heard about a new pastor who recently walked into a church and he was doing the, his 
communion for the first time with the church. And he, he was got up early that Sunday and I need to get up there and I need to get communion ready. And he walks in and there's a deacon there and that deacon says, what are you here for? What are you doing? Well, I was going to get communion ready. He goes, that's our job. Get out of here. Mm. You know, made his day. I mean, that's started yeah. day off in, in the right heart because they, they understood their role. Like, this is how we serve. And this is one of the things that we do to serve. And it's just, he said, that was just a beautiful day for him. That's going to be a memory that's ingrained in his, in his mind, as far as how the deacons have, have cared and supported him. And we need the, we need those moments because there's a lot of negative that happens in ministry. And if I was going to build a deacon, I would want mine to be a positive influence, not a negative influence. I want, I want someone who's not like me. <laughs> I <want more> positive. <laughs> oh, come on now. <laughs> yeah. You know, this a person who's positive about the church, right? Uh, they, they're not ne- always talking negative because they're, you know, you've been around people that it doesn't matter if the sun shines, it's a beautiful day, 70 degrees, they're going to find something to complain about. And that's not the kind of person you want as a deacon. You want somebody who talks positively about their church, positively about their pastor, positively about the Lord. And, and I think that has to be a part of who this person is from the very soul of them. In fact, I believe so strongly in this that if, if your deacons badmouth your pastor when he's not present to defend himself or to talk about that issue, they shouldn't be a deacon. Amen. I mean, they, they should be removed. They should be removed because that is not scriptural and it's counterproductive to the church. So you should have that positive mentality. Look, we're not perfect and we're all going to disagree with decisions that are made from time to time. But how we live in that dynamic and how we deal with that de- dynamic says a lot. You know, Trent, you and I are around a lot of pastors. We, we did a build a pastor and there are things on that list that I'm not very good at. And there are things on this list that a lot of deacons might struggle with, but this is one that needs to become a commitment and that you need to really kind of force yourself to uphold. If you're going to strive to be a deacon. I would also add that this is an area where deacons need to hold each other accountable, where it shouldn't fall on the pastor to hold the deacon accountable. But if they see a brother deacon, speaking negatively about their pastor, just as Alan was saying, they need to have the guts to say, first of all, first time, hey, this is not cool. This is not godly or scriptural. But then if it continues to be an issue that they are willing to take the the reins and say, you are no longer a deacon, you're not living up to what it means to be a deacon in our church. So Yeah, I think uh, one of the big struggles, Trent, is that when deacons remain silent, mm-hmm. when see the bad behavior of, of one deacon and they let it go um, that's that's really not helpful to anyone because they have the most ability to stop it more than the pastor more than anyone else it's the the rest of the deacon body that has the ability to stop it and they need to do that so positivity is a big thing trent you know um you, we started with the role teacher that they need to be able to teach but not i've met some deacons who I don't think we're necessarily great classroom teachers, but they taught in other ways. They taught by example. So we kind of changed this to a formal or informal teacher 
but there's someone worth modeling and learning something from. Well, the key word that you just said was modeling. I, I think that is a the word because a deacon has the ability to model Christ likeness. Um, and he may not be the best Sunday school teacher, but I've, I've had some deacons that were so good at, at just, you know, people respected them so much that when they did speak, people listened. It's kind of the old E.F. Hutton commercial, right? Uh, when when they spoke, people listened. And so that I think that's the big thing is that somebody who's worthy of being modeled. Yeah, and that was kind of my granddad. He never really taught a Sunday school class or anything like that. But he lived it and he modeled it. And there were so many people that said, I just want to be like him. You know, I want to have a gentle spirit and I want to be kind and thoughtful and I want to be available to serve and I want to know how to share my faith and all those kinds of things. And he was much more that informal teacher. Um, but I, I watched as so many people were influenced by his life. And I've seen that played out in some other others as well, who they, maybe they weren't a great classroom teacher. I've had some deacons who work. Um, but they taught in different ways. And so I think the ability to influence others by your life in a teaching format, you know, here's the lesson. So there, there, there you go from that. Um, what about consistency in a deacon's life? It, Trent, have you ever had a deacon who like showed up to church like once a month? That's about it. Yep, I have. Um, and um, that was one of those areas where I expected the other deacons to say something and they never did. And then I got jumped for saying something. And so that it's, it's unfortunate, but that happens a lot in churches where there's a deacon who's been a deacon for a long time. And then um, he just either stops going to church or even that they elect him as deacon when he was exhibiting that behavior to begin with. Um, and that's horrible. This person should be consistently there, faithful in church and faithful to serve in church instead of, well, we got an important business meeting. I guess I better be there so I can keep the pastor in line. Right. Right. I think also faithfully consistent in their giving, Trent. Mm -hmm. Deacons should be held accountable for their attendance. I think they should be held accountable for their for their faithfulness and generosity to the church. Um, are they a regular giver? You know, I had a deacon in, in, in my church um, and it was stated in our bylaws that they were faithful contributors. And, and when he got sideways with me and left the church, I, I was devastated. I thought, here, I've lost a, a, someone I thought was a friend and, and someone I thought supported what was going on. And I was informed later by our finance secretary that you need to know that this person hasn't given a dime in five years to the church. And, you know, from, from that moment on, it was an, ah, you know, this person was playing games and yeah. they weren't consistent in their faith. And, you know, they were mad at me feeling like I wasn't playing by the rules of the book. And yet they hadn't done it for five years, you know, which mm -hmm. is the epitome of, of hypocrisy. Right. And to this day, I still don't know what they were truly upset about, at me about. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but there they there they were not contributing and not playing a part, but wanting the influence. Mm. Yeah, I've had had those people, too, that you're like, why are you mad? They just are looking for an excuse. But let me tell you 
say this in defense of deacons. Um, when you, as a church, ordain deacons, you have to say these things up front. You need to remind them of, and you know, say to the whole church, these are the things that we expect of deacons. Unfortunately, a lot of churches don't have any of this written down, and they certainly don't ever say it, and it's just a popularity contest, but there are some godly men that, um, you know, if you just share with them, hey, these are the things that are ex expectations, then they're going to live up to those. Um, and then there's some others that are not so godly that <laughs> we can make jokes about, but uh, this is, we just need to say it. Yeah, you know, I don't know that we make enough about the old idea of a deacon council that that you need to screen your deacon candidates. It's not just a vote. You know, I when I remember growing up, I grew up, like I said, I grew up in a really large church and there'd be a hundred names on a, 200 names on a deacon list, potential deacon list or something like that. And I could look down the list and like, well, this person, this person is hardly ever here. And, and this part, why, why are they even on a list? <laughs> I mean, they really list. Um, because it does become sometimes a popularity vote. What is the process and what is the right process? You know, it wasn't the whole church that set the original seven apart. Um, the apostles actually set them apart. I, I think there's a wisdom into really carefully thinking about how we go about selecting people who are even qualified and capable to serve as deacons in our church. And that may be controversial based on your ecclesiology, but I um, I'm not pastoring a church right now. I just work with a lot of churches. So I'm, I'm going to say it and stick with it. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, Alan. I think that's important. And, and we, we have to, we have to say that this is an important role. And when we say that, that means that we talk about how important it is and there are expectations that go with an important role. The last thing, Alan, that we have on this list is someone who is proactive. And, and I'm kind of curious what you think about this. I have my own thoughts about it. And so, so when you see that word, what comes to mind? Well, what comes to mind is we had like 12 other things we wanted to say, and we put it into one word. But, <laughs> but what we mean, what I mean by this is someone who is an initiative taker. They don't, they don't wait for things. And my story is, you know, I'm preaching in a church one time and um, someone, I'm a guest preacher. Someone walks in, wants to join the church. I don't know how they receive members. I don't know where their paperwork is. I don't know what their process is. And I'm looking and I know some of who some of the deacons are. And I'm looking at them kind of like, okay, come up here. You know, I felt like, a, I don't know if you've seen the movie Three Amigos and Steve Martin trying to get everyone's attention. He's going, look up here, look up here. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, come help me out. And no one's coming to help me out. And I was thinking, you know, I've had some deacons in my life that it wouldn't have taken them two seconds to be up there. They would have recognized the situation. They would have been proactive. They would have taken steps to do anything without even having to be asked to do it. And I, I want people who can take initiative. Yeah. I would agree with that. And so the word, phrase that comes to mind is see a need, fill a need, you know, that person who's willing to jump in and be a part, an active part. But I also think about, um, I, I don't want a deacon whose favorite phrase is, well, we never did it that way before. 
um, you know, I want somebody who's willing to seek the Lord. And that if that means doing something new, then by golly, we're doing something new. Um, if the church is being led by God to move forward in missions or building or whatever, that this is not the person that has to be drugged along, that hates and is, talks badly about everything that's getting that's being planned. I want them to be positive about that, too. Yeah. And I, you know, Jen, I kind of want to give a shout out to a deacon this week. And uh, I was with a deacon last week who was asked to say something. And it was an emotional time to have to talk because that morning he had led his church through an official time of saying our church is dead. Mm. There's nothing else that we can do. We can't go forward. And that afternoon he was part of a birth of something new. And I was truly moved by his humility and willingness to say, this had to happen for the good of God's kingdom. And I firmly stand with what God wants to do. And I have to admit there were, there were tears in my eyes because I know how much that gentleman has invested in the life of the previous church. Um, but he's looking forward to a new work that God wants to do. And that's the heart of a deacon. I, I agree, Alan. And you and I both, um, you mentioned your grandfather, you mentioned that gentleman there, that we have, our lives have been touched and formed by um, some great godly deacons. My dad is, a, is one of those guys still to this day. And, and, and so uh, we are not against deacons. You know, unfortunately, pastors, we make jokes about deacons, right? Um, but we want you to know that we're four deacons and i think they're in an important role we just want the right men to serve in those places and not people that are going to hurt the church and that's, so that's why we were today we're building a deacon um and so that's what we've been doing this this month is building different people if, if we were looking for this person what would we be looking for and how would we build the perfect one so uh, that's what we've been up to today, Alan. Anything else you want to add to this? Well, Trent, we've got one more that we're going to build before we're done with our series. So we want everyone to tune back in for next week's podcast because we're going to build a Sunday school teacher. And, you know, I think we get even more general. There's a bigger pool of Sunday school teachers out there. So that's going to be fun. We haven't narrowed down our eight yet on that one. So we've got to do that before we can get back to you. And you do something for us. If you could share this episode with someone else, share it with your deacons, use it as a conversation piece, um, leave us a review. So you've got some assignments to do while we work work on our next uh, Build a Sunday School Teacher episode. Thanks for tuning in and being a part of the Enduring Churches podcast. We're here to help you and your church. Thank you.